This week on the Video Games Podcast, we are taking a closer look into why so many high-profile games are getting delayed, and we try to figure out if game delays are actually a good thing. The amount of game delays in 2020 has been staggering, but that is to be expected with how COVID-19 has affected all aspects of life, especially gaming. Now, in its current form, game development largely relies on working together at a studio that can allow different departments to be synergistic. Trying to replicate this experience from home just can't happen at this stage, especially when not prepared. Moon Studios, the team behind Ori and the Blind Forest and the sequel, already have a remote system in place. Moon Studios work remotely with members all over the world, which makes them one of the few studios that was prepared for working conditions like this. However, with the increasing cost of developing video games and the resistance to price raising from gamers, it seems inevitable that this will eventually become the norm for a lot of studios that need to cut costs to stay profitable. And one of the best ways to do this is to eliminate the cost of commercial real estate, especially in California, where most of the big companies are located. All the faults shouldn't be blamed on the circumstances of 2020 as game delays have been happening since the beginning of time. There's a good possibility that Pick Up Sticks or Pick Up Bones or whatever the first game was in the Stone Age was likely delayed as well. Many of our beloved childhood video games could have been delayed like Super Mario Bros., Metroid, or The Legend of Zelda, but we can't be sure as there is one major difference between that time and now. And the major difference between now and then was that video game coverage wasn't 24-7 and games just eventually came out or got delayed. You didn't get much more information, you didn't get leaked stories from anonymous sources within the studio, and if the game was delayed or not on schedule, you didn't hear about it. We've all heard the famous Shigeru Miyamoto quote about delayed games by now. A delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad, which sounds pretty accurate, and who better to trust than the creator of some of the greatest video game series ever, including Mario and Zelda. Now, with all the delays that are happening lately, my question is, does delaying a game result in a better end product? Obviously, to know the full extent of whether releasing a game or delaying it makes it better, we would need a parallel universe, and unfortunately, at the moment, we are short on parallel universes, so we are going to have to assume that delaying a game does improve the final product, but can we learn more? The most recent delay of Halo Infinite got me thinking about this because there have been delays in the past, but none that have as much weight on the system as the Xbox Series X launching with Halo Infinite, which was Microsoft's killer app if there was such a thing. As it looks now, Halo Infinite was the only true next-generation first-party title launching with the system. Now, coming from behind this generation, one major advantage that Microsoft seemed to have over Sony was that they had a massive first-party exclusive on launch day. One launch game is unlikely to win a generation, but having a strong start from the sales push of Halo Infinite likely would have gone a long way for Microsoft this generation. Looking back at this past generation, there were many notable delays, and looking at what I consider to be the most 10 notable ones, I wonder if there's anything that can be extrapolated. Now, prior to rummaging through the data, I know we will be able to see the average delay in terms of months, after release date is announced, and I know we're going to be able to see an average score of the 10 most notable games that were delayed this generation, but I'm curious if we can find anything else out. For starters, the average delay is around 16 months, but that is heavily skewed by Breath of the Wild and Crackdown 3. 
Removing those two games from the equation, the average delay seems to be much more accurate at around four months. The average score is 86%, which is also strongly weighed down by less than favorable reviews for Crackdown 3 and Days Gone. Removing those two games leaves you with an average of 91%, which is Game of the Year territory. And that brings us to my next point. Game of the year is rarefied air and a lot of things need to go right for a game to win the prestigious title. Surely being delayed likely means that something is wrong with the game, but just how many times over the past 10 years has a delayed game been crowned game of the year? Now when looking at GameSpot, IGN and the Game Awards over the past 10 years and taking the most common winner, surprising results were found. Believe it or not, but delayed games win the award a lot more often than you would think. Breaking down the past decade of Game of the Year winners starting with this year, it is likely that the award will go to either Cyberpunk 2077, should it actually get released this fall, or The Last of Us Part 2. Both of these games received delays. Portal 2, Journey, The Last of Us, Dragon Age Inquisition, Witcher 3, Breath of the Wild, and God of War were all delayed as they round out the list of winners from the past 10 years of gaming. Some of these games only needed a few extra months, likely for polish, but some games like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was originally announced for release in 2015. However, the game was delayed for around 24 months as the vision and scope outgrew the initial expectations. The physics engine, which was praised as revolutionary, was the main reason for the extra development time needed. It also became very clear that launching Breath of the Wild simultaneously on the Switch would be in the best interest of Nintendo. It was clearly the right decision as it gave the system a killer app and even at one point, the amount of copies sold outnumbered the amount of Switch consoles sold. Anything Nintendo is always a decent idea to collect so people thought if they bought one to play and one to keep sealed for collecting, but I think it's still an astounding fact. You could easily make an argument for almost any of those games to be crowned the best game of this generation, but what is absolutely crazy is that they were all delayed and likely to the dismay and ire of many gamers. What would the scores been on some of these games had they been shipped without all the extra polish, attention to detail, or with game-breaking bugs? Michael Douse from Larian Studios talked to Wired about delays, and the answer is greater than you might think. A premature release can impact scores by 10 to 20 points, he said. Now, the difference between 20 points can turn a game from a decent experience that you could easily miss to a once-in-a-generation game or a Game of the Year candidate. How much can 10 to 20 points truly affect a game? The most recent example that comes to mind is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from 2019. Respawn Entertainment released the game mid-November of 2019 and likely could not delay it any further due to EA being a publicly traded company. Fallen Order currently has an average review of 79 and that is likely due to the strong canonical story combined with excellent elements of other genres including Souls-like combat and Metroid-style exploration. But what it also had were bugs and a lack of polish and this held it back from being a unanimous choice for Game of the Year. In a year where winners from other outlets were divided with winners including Control, Sekiro, Resident Evil 2, and even Untitled Goose Game, there was a missed opportunity for Fallen Order. Now, if you take the word of a developer, then that would bring Fallen Order from the high 70s to the high 80s or even low 90s. This would easily make it a strong candidate for Game of the Year, especially in a year without a clear choice. 
From now back to the end of 2010, there have only been two games that didn't get delayed that would go on to win Game of the Year. In 2016, Blizzard's Overwatch won the award unanimously. Overwatch was rolled out with many extended beta periods before it was actually fully released in the spring of 2016. It was basically in early access for the good part of a year prior to its release, but nonetheless, it still wasn't publicly delayed. The only other game on the list not to get delayed was Control from Remedy, which was released in 2019 during a year that lacked a clear candidate for Game of the Year. Delaying a game doesn't always turn coal into diamonds, as we have seen numerous delays that have not resulted in a Game of the Year candidate or even a great game. Crackdown 3, Mass Effect Andromeda, sorry Bioware, and Anthem really sorry Bioware, are just a few games that come to mind of recent memory that didn't release in the way that they had been imagined from the beginning of development. Now, if the quote from Larian Studios is anything to go by, then most of these games would have been scored below 50 if they didn't get delayed. So even in the worst situations where a game doesn't come together as planned, delaying still equates to a better game. Since we still haven't figured out how to communicate with parallel universes, next time your most anticipated game gets delayed, there's no need to get upset or angry as there are plenty of other games to play. And the bright side of the delay is that there is now a great chance that that game has now become a strong contender for Game of the Year. That's all for the Video Games Podcast this week. I hope you learned something, and I hope you realize just how important those extra four months can be to a game developer. Now, as always, please consider subscribing if you haven't already, and remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. Music